good to be back in Curio City. Couldn't get rid of him. Just kidding. Nobody was trying. It's impossible. It's impossible. I'm just here. I'm usually in the background now, but I like to be in it in front of the microphone. Yeah, too. we're bringing it back. Don't you worry. We're out here. Um, we're doing the thing. Welcome to Curio City, everyone. I'm Lauren. Mm-hmm. I'm Adam. And we are your hosts here in Curio City. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you really excited to talk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have so much going on right now in our personal lives that like the podcast and like getting to talk to each other is it's a rarity so at this point relaxing yeah it really is so nice but it's like it's also so fun because i get to listen to you have such in-depth intellectual conversations with such interesting people and i feel like they end up somehow i mean obviously they end up revolving around the conversations we're having throughout our lives throughout right. the week throughout so the month whatever mm-hmm. the things that we're like thinking about end up being the things that everybody's kind of thinking about there's like a collective consciousness of the questions that we have yeah in the universe and it's just like surrounding yourself with people who are open to just being able to discuss anything and everything as long as they're like vulnerable open and responsible with their emotional energy like Mm -hmm. i feel like it just has been making for such incredible conversations we're all riding that wave baby yeah i think we really are okay so you messaged me um today i was asking adam i was like so what do you want to focus on for the episode tonight and he texted me these two things (laughs) i did bullet points just to be clear for everybody because i was like in between making drums and just literally like thinking listening to podcasts they're two different thoughts for sure yeah um but they kind of go together so we're going to dive into that i'm gonna read them out loud so you can kind of understand the theme of like what we're going to be talking Mm. about today oh i like that and then we're gonna give them a little teaser patchouli she's fine she can wander come on up good girl yay patchouli Patchouli joy Joy. (laughs) (laughs) we we never call her by her well even her first name well look you go by lauren deliri i go yeah. by adam frost she gets her own name yeah um, full, if, full you're, name. if you're not watching the video our dog just jumped up on the couch okay so anyway, it's not a guest but kind of it is she is a guest so here are the themes of today yeah meaning and purpose for self-growth rather than fixated or fixating on other people's problems mm. and the second is villainization of proactive problem solving <laughs> I feel like they go together though because the thing is is that like I feel like we end up so especially in this like and look I just want to be clear for anybody that's a new listener like we are very progressive in our ideologies we always want to be as inclusive as possible but I think there's just a social media culture that's happening right now that I already just have such a I have such an abhorrence of social media like I really I really don't post I don't really like being online all that much just because I feel like there's this it's like a mob mentality mm-hmm. that you can't escape. I mean, the minute you get online, it's mob mentality, mm. which can be really beneficial because you can get group rallying. You can get some actual really good work done yeah. by by creating a common goal online and you can access people from all over the world. But like, but at the same time, when you get online, you are accessing everyone in the whole world. We never had that kind of scope before for our existence. And like, I don't, it feels it, it has created an environment where it feels irresponsible to actually deal with your own 
things that you want to do and create in the world and instead you feel this obligation to to be alongside people and be an ally to those who are dealing with imminent issues well damn you just jumped right into it i mean i feel like i have to it's just like ah, it's just one of those things that like i feel like once you get there you just once you're online you you just there's just there's so many social structures and social contracts whether written or unspoken or whatever that we are assigning to ourselves and the groups that we interact with and it's it just to me it feels like the commodification of of like what's the word i'm looking for like um empathy it feels like empathy is being commodified into something where you have to say out loud to the rest of the world the things that you feel empathetic about the things that you're relating to the things that you're seeing in the world you have to have a comment on it all and i feel like that constant externalization of your energy for me is making it almost impossible to specialize in doing something important in the world it feels like it it takes the energy that i would be able to assign to doing one thing well in the world and is just diversifying it into a billion different things <laughs> into like a million different issues and i feel like i just can't concentrate my power enough to really do to, to even really be able to come up with proactive problem solving stuff like i was talking about that like i the thing that is valued the thing that we as like monkey brain humans will respond to is the validation that we get from people seeing that we're aligning with a common cause and say, hey, look, this person's empathetic. They're good. They're progressive. They have the right thinking. They have the right mentality. They're aware of situations that are happening and they're taking a stance. But these days, taking a stance doesn't really mean anything because it doesn't come with any, there's no like expectation of follow through anymore. And so like, I feel like there's just this like, the best way I can say it is like commodification of empathy and not actual action. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, you know, we were kind of chatting about this beforehand, but I do want to like talk a bit about like the first, the first half of it. Okay. And when you're talking about the meaning and purpose for self growth, yeah. rather than fixating on other people's yeah. problems. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about that because I feel like that leads us into some of this deeper stuff that you're talking about. Mm hmm. Um, which I just love. That's just who you are. You're like right to the meat. <laughs> but like court me first. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Too many jokes that happened there. I had a feeling. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. All right. So let's back up. Yeah. Can you, mm -hmm. um, I told you I had some questions based off of the, your thoughts here. Mm -hmm. So can you share your personal journey and experiences and finding meaning and purpose for self growth? And how it differs from fixating on other people's problems. Mm. Well, I can say that in the public eye, at least with the podcast, just to kind of keep it in scope here, like my personal growth was becoming somebody who was a good, and this is, this is through our whole relationship and everything, like mm -hmm. going from somebody who had been single their whole life and just kind of had moderately maintained friendships, was never really good at it to going moving into marriage and moving into a very intentional relationship that active listening um and 
and really deep thought um, and processing alongside that listening has been something that I've really worked at developing for myself Mm. actually being able to like sit and listen to somebody and I think that that kind of pairs alongside the like I've always said that I'm a very um, present person yeah I don't text I don't do social media I don't really like I I don't exist anywhere really other than where I am in the moment Mm -hmm. and sometimes that can overwhelm me because it feels like I'm not a great long distance boyfriend no and I toured for too long to be a bad long distance boyfriend uh but like I feel like sometimes it can be overwhelming because I'll be inundated with the gravity of being in the situation that I'm in and it can feel like it's consuming my whole world but I think being present to me was something that really bridged me into being a good host being a good like neutral platform where I wanted to be able to platform others and be able to be kind of like the chalkboard to their story, to their growth and their education, the things that they had invested years and years and years of time into and trying to distill down, they're trying to distill down their information. And I want to make sure that I'm listening for what they really want to be telling the world. And so like that to me has been a very specific point of personal growth in my journey um, as it pertains to the podcast. And, um, and I think that because it coincided with my ability to seem empathetic and also come alongside allyship and come alongside people's efforts to do good in the world, it Mm -hmm. kind of satiated both the, the external efforts and also my internal personal growth. But the thing is, is that like, once I became good at that, once I became good at basically being nobody and just asking questions and being able to like probe into somebody else's life, I just kind of came to a spot where I was like, I'm, I am just listening. All I do is absorb. Mm. All I do is exist to reflect back people's opinions and to, to just try to amplify stories that need to be told. And that's good. And that was a good journey for a season. But I think like, as you know, and as you've been through many seasons, like that's good for a season. But if you live in it too long beyond its expiration, it becomes toxic. It becomes something that you settle into and it becomes something that becomes a crutch and uh, like bypassing the actual growth that you know that you need to do in your life. And I think that a lot of people kind of settled into, and especially I will say, white allies to marginalized identities white straight cisgender all the things that you could possibly you know that have been the forefront of um the marginalized identities uh in the past few years if you are none of those things then one of the primary things that if you were a good progressive ideologist was you became nobody Mm. um and not to and that and that's not any sort of victim, victimization. I think it's the easy pass out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think, I, I think there's there. It almost gets to the point for me where I felt like I was I was almost to the point of being so, um, so empty to be filled. Mm-hmm. and to use Christian terminology, mm-hmm. that I was almost appropriating other people's messages and intellect and and research and schooling and, like, their experiences to to act as my voice 
and I wanted to move past that. How do you mean appropriating? Well, because when I'm when I'm able to be lauded as somebody who's good at podcasting, when our podcast was really surviving and thriving and doing well, it was doing well because we didn't exist in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about that journey for us? How do you feel about that s- that season of our mm. existence? It didn't... It, it was only like a specific season when I think I was trying to cater to our listeners rather than my own curiosities. Yeah. And the beginning of our podcast when I was first having guests on, it was literally just all the people I found interesting and I wanted to know more about them and their brain. Mm-hmm. And th- and it was almost a selfish that's interest. What, yes. And, and anyone who does podcasts, it, it's like that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. And it makes the conversations that much more exciting for you and for the listeners. And I think there was like a season within, you know, a couple of years ago when I... I would ask people on, not that I didn't find them interesting, but kind of at the same time, just to be brutally honest, like some people I just, I had on because I knew our listeners would find value, Mm -hmm. but I was like, like, not really into it. Yeah. So I think in those, in that sense, it wasn't even so much that my voice, I didn't feel like my personality wasn't there, but I felt like my, my curiosity wasn't there, Mm. which obviously now we're curiosity and so curiosity is like a like the main point and so now like every single guest that comes on like it's because i find them interesting well and i remember too when we were touring that one of your primary concerns of what you were doing was that you didn't feel like people valued you for your opinion yeah they value they valued you for your talent yeah so like right do you feel like you kind of slipped back into that i did yeah no i think so because even though the podcast was our that was our chase us wanting to chase down people valuing our voice um well no i mean i think originally the podcast was for me i genuinely wanted a space to hold conversations that i found interesting and other Mm -hmm. people could learn from because i was learning a lot from podcasts so really that was my intention yeah and so when that got lost along the way i was like what is the point yeah and um so now like i said now that I'm just having on guests that I find so interesting and I'm like curious about them and either the work they do or how the, all the things they do or whatever. It's like either their personality career. I mean, there's all so many angles that I find a human being interesting. Yeah. Then like I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, as far as like emptying, like relating to you and like emptying yourself. Yeah, I was just curious way. what your perspective was because you've always led us in this. Like this yeah. has always been like and as 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 has become very evident I think to 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 you guys to our listeners is that this podcast has always been yours yeah. and I've been here to like help facilitate whether it's just technologically or like well I think had you're great. the honor of sitting down next to you and like so. actually speaking <laughs> with you. Oh. Well, I think you're great. Well, I think you're great you're too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a reason that I want to help put your voice on the map. I mean, you are also not just a straight cisgender white man. That is true. Which is helpful because, yeah. like, for me, that's what I'm saying is like that was that was my. It felt like my bird, my my cross to bear, as it were, in the like progressive Oof. space is like. Yeah. Oh. 
I had to just be an ally okay. in so many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that isn't necessarily the case for you. So I'm just curious, like, well, and t- you've kept pushing and you're the one that knows all the people that asks people on and invites people on. And like, yeah, well, the only time I, as far as I'll, I'll like kind of take what you just mentioned at times when I feel like if somebody in the progressive spaces isn't listening to me, I'm like, do I really got to pull the indigenous card on you? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so annoying. But like, <laughs> But like, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like yeah. it works. Like, you know what I mean? They're right. like, oh, oop, oops. I'm like, yeah. I hate that. I hate that though. Like, mm. why do I have to be indigenous for my opinion to matter sure. to progressive people? You sure. know, like I just, that's a whole other side of things. But anyway, I also like speak on it just for my own, because I am indigenous. And so it's important to me, mm-hmm. but I just have, it's always in the back of my mind where I'm just like, what anyway well i feel like that's mostly especially when they're trying to explain progressivism to you like when they're trying to explain the reasoning behind the choices that they're making that are in disagreement with your opinion sure and it's like and generally just to kind of like broad stroke it is like 85 percent of the people that have ever had issue and have ever like caused a stir in our environment is white allies who are just trying to speak on behalf of those who have been marginalized and so that's like that's a difficult thing to also like wrestle with. And I feel that's my, that's where my burden is, which is, which is why I always respond to the negativity, especially in the DMS and stuff. That's, I feel like that's the thing that I, that I owe to the progressive movement is to like kind of step into those spaces where it's just like white allyship that is taking over the actual message of people who are trying to get, word out there and trying to like do something incredible in the world yeah because it's just there's a lot of people that have done research and if you just listen to them speak Mm. and if you listen to their experiences like that's all they're asking you to do yeah also just so many people are just swept up in their emotions which is just insane yeah like it's just so it's so easy to spot um okay how do you feel like that that like relates to your the statement of fixating on other people's problems. Well, I think that's the, that's the entire culture around it. Okay. Is that you are just not you specifically, obviously. So, but you, like, so fixating on other people's problems means, means fixating that there's, on there's other a, people's because we have such, we're exposed to so much. There's so much exposure to every problem that's ever happening in the world. It's hard to see that we're actually a lot better off than we've ever been. Yeah. True. Like, there have i mean like there's like a 95 or some i mean some insane number percent reduction in natural disaster deaths mm. in the world and yet we see significantly more trauma and disaster and death and everything than we ever have but so to us it seems like it's ex- exponentially increased in right. the way that like as global warming is happening and as as you've said in the past as we're coming to the end of or at least we're moving out of an ice age mm-hmm. right now and we're seeing we're seeing climate change that is affecting the way that the world interacts with the human species like we're seeing a lot of trauma and we're seeing a lot of pain and we're seeing a lot of like chaos that's happening that we haven't seen before and yet we're that's only 5% of what was happening before in right. this in this you know, um, example. And so it's like, 
how do you how do you allow yourself to sit and be vulnerable and be open and be empathetic to all of the problems that are happening in the world while also realizing that our ability to experience those things and to be able to like be um be in witness of the things that are happening in the world is it's the first time it's happening ever yeah i mean youtube started in 2007 end of 2007 beginning of 2008 crazy we had no real form of video content or an ability to really like experience anybody else's life prior to that that's so true which is crazy we like have lived through that yeah isn't that weird not only have we lived through that like you and i were kind of old when that started well we were we were no we weren't old but we were definitely very aware like we were experiencing it it wasn't just happening at the time of our lives yeah i mean i was 14 when it started yeah okay uh, and i was gonna ask like what are some common misconceptions or pitfalls people encounter when they focus solely on fixing other people's problems instead of their own personal growth they don't create anything new okay so they're just they contribute nothing yeah and there's no there's no actual and as i was kind of saying before like there's no there's no reward for actually trying to resolve problems because the thing is is almost entirely the way that we kind of gauge our interaction and interfacing with progressive movements is through social media mm-hmm. it's through the comment section of a youtube video or a facebook post or an instagram photo or like whatever yeah. it is a reel and it's it's just through discourse that's happening on those platforms specifically and it's like those media entities thrive off of negative reinforcement. It's all about being able to have the strongest opinion, to be the most offended, to be the one that has the like biggest issue that can generate the most amount of like backlash comments, arguments. Like if you can get people clicking back onto a post, that's the goal. And so like for us to gauge our actual the value that we're providing to the world off of how much we can be a social justice warrior on a platform that's leveraged on negativity. It just seems so backward. Um, and I feel like that, like, do you know anybody else that has like, I mean, the only person that I can think of actively right now is Alice has a blog where she doesn't, she doesn't really receive, I mean, she receives comments on social media about what she wrote on her blog, but it's like bloggers are the only people I can really think of that are introducing new ideas into the world without trying to writers. Yeah. Without trying to like generate some sort of discourse that's going to boost their likes, follows and subscribes. Well, there are comments on Substack and things like that. People can interact. Sure. They're encouraged to, cause it does help that. You know, yeah, it helps read uh, reads and views and all that things. But yeah. but yeah, no, I, I get your I get your point. I, I think I think in a time where video is like king right now, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of scary slash intimidating to like see somebody talk about. I don't know, like holding holding two truths at once kind of thing. Yeah. And holding nuance. But like in writing, that's like the beauty of like writing. I feel like you can just yeah take your time with it. And authors that are writing like full on books. Like yeah. Can you imagine right now 
actually holding strong to a belief system for 16 months of your life yeah no that's why i stopped and have (laughs) i mean like you have to publish a book like 16 to 18 months after you start the thought and you have to have thought the thought for a minute to write about it it's literally why i stopped writing because i'm that's why i'm a podcaster because because you can just respond in the moment and be where you're at yeah i can record every single week interesting and yeah that's why i mean i'd like to write a book someday but i'd have to stop evolving so fast that's that's one of the reasons and i'm gonna just preface this i don't love joe rogan but i love joe rogan's take on how he does podcasting i mean he's clearly fantastic clearly clearly he asks such good questions but also he's willing to be so blatantly wrong and does not care. Is Joe Rogan a curious cutie? <laughs> I think he is, honestly. <laughs> like, like I've heard him specifically say, two weeks ago, I thought, you know, this certain way about a baseline income that's funded by the federal government. And he's like, and two weeks later, I flipped my whole opinion in an interview and I was on tape saying the entire opposite. And he's, he's like, you know what? That's what being... To me, that's like a... I mean, again, I don't know him, but like to me, that feels like like a safe person to me. Yeah. Because that's somebody who can like own up to that. Like, I yeah, I, I personally like that sort of mentality. I can like somebody's... Speaking of Bella, I said this to her and we say it to each other all the time now, but like I can like somebody's functions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have to like... That. I don't have to like their opinions. Yeah um or agree with them but i have found that it's okay Mm. to like appreciate and respect somebody's functions Mm -hmm. even though you're not like seeing eye to eye all the time i think it's actually really healthy to do that um and i do i mean i actually don't listen to much of his stuff but i hear a lot about him i've listened to a couple of them and yeah i mostly listen to his interviews with like astrophysicists yeah the very heady stuff i i just yeah i would say on a very base level i like the way his brain functions i can appreciate that yeah okay now i have a question for you first okay you don't get to just drill me with these i want to though i have so many questions i am curious if you feel like you have a specific thing that you're trying to create in the world right now this podcast what are you talking about? What are you saying? What yeah, are you yeah I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I mean, like in a different way, like is is there something specific about the way that we're doing the podcast now that you feel like is different than what we were doing before? Or do you feel like you have always had a singular objective with this? Oh. Because it sounds like, you know, well, as you were talking, like you kind of p- were pandering to, to your audience a little bit. And I think I think it's the same as it was in the beginning, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. I think now it's just like I literally I'm just finding people who I admire and who I'm interested to get to know better. Mm-hmm. And I have a conversation with them and I like what they're doing. And I'm like, let's find some common grounds. Let's like. Yeah. I mean, that's I think I think that's the point. Like mm-hmm. I like listening to podcasts, learning a few things and also just being a fly on the wall, getting to know a person's personality better. Yeah. And that's like what I think like I'm really excited about. I think having on different guests, which you guys will continue to hear, but like there are so many different routes that people have taken, like with their like 
spirituality. Some people were never spiritual. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, some people, just fair warning, <laughs> there is there is one episode that they're Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I mean, I'm not going to be anti-Christian, right? I'm not going to be anti-anything that's part of the whole like, I just want to be curious about That's the whole everyone. thing. It's the whole thing. So yeah. we're going to have all different kinds of people on. We already have. It's like mm -hmm. we're, we're batch recording. So yeah. um, it's really, it's really about just like remaining open and just like truly following my interests and my curiosities without rules of what somebody's going to like or also not rules, no rules for the kind of structure that it, it needs to look like yeah you know so yeah i feel like the biggest thing that i've leaned into and i know that you and i have had conversation about this in the past but one of the biggest things that i feel like is my responsibility this season and what i feel like should be a lot of white ally responsibility is actually to be having conversations with the people in your life that are conservative the people in your life that are anti-lgbtq and learning to befriend those people so that you can have beneficial conversations to help shift the narrative around the disparity between your beliefs and theirs mm -hmm. like for me when i talk to my family my my responsibility as somebody who is unaffected by some of the really negative language and the really problematic belief systems that they can tend to hold my responsibility is to sit with that, let them say the words that are harmful with, you know, obviously with, with, without, with discernment and without people around that's going to be and without harmed by it. Yes. Because, because obviously that's an entirely like different thing. Like offended. Essentially. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. that, that was me, which is why like I had, I right. found my space and you're like, yeah, you're and not I was like, I'm going to go see my family by myself now for a few years mm -hmm. and we're going to figure out how to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that the thing is that that is happening with specifically for me, white allies is that they are finding the easy path in being congratulated for being allies rather than having the hard conversations with people who are in conflict with their belief system and trying to almost convert them or at least show them the commonalities that they have where you're tr where you're saying the same thing like for me when i sit and talk with my parents for nine hours we cry we yell we have lots of we have lots of discourse around what we're actually talking about but the thing is is when it comes to the end of our conversation we realize that the thing is we're both we're both protecting the two percent of the population that we feel needs to have a voice in the world yeah and that needs to be protected and that n there needs to be boundaries around the way th that people interact with them and for me obviously that's that's been the 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 progressive movement that we've been you know um uh trying to proliferate m a, a movement around um but for my parents maybe it's middle class americans who don't want to use specific language but all, or like are accepting of all people but they have a hard time being told that they have to do x y and z and it's like being able to sit down with those people and have really difficult conversations that that is that is the job mm. for me mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so like that's kind of been the 
And those, and those conversations don't happen on a public forum. You're never going to have a conversation with somebody that has a conflicting belief system with you on a public forum that's going to benefit either of you. Yeah. It'll benefit the system that's meant to benefit, which is social media and the engagement algorithms. Mm. But it's not actually going to grow either person. And I think that, like, that's that's the sentiment that I that I have really been leaning into is, like, stop trying to fix the world and be a better neighbor. Which, right. ha- which was always like a very like conservative mentality because it's like, don't worry about the world, worry about the people, the five people that are close to you. But I think like that, that is the responsibility. Right. If you are unaffected by the people that are around you in that way, in a way that's demeaning, derogatory, some sort of like problematic behavior system. If those things aren't, if those things aren't being implemented against you, I think your responsibility is to help come alongside those people and find common ground. And that's part of what I see Joe Rogan doing. And maybe he is the conservative that I'm talking to and trying to have those conversations with. And he just happens to be having those conversations with intellectual progressive liberal scientists. (laughs) But like, I think that he is creating a platform where those kind of interactions are happening. And that's what I hope to be doing off camera can't and that's what i can am constantly trying to do can't wait to have merch to send joe rogan yeah <laughs> i'd love for him to wear a curious cutie sweatshirt <laughs> <laughs> that'd be amazing oh my god i would die uh, okay why do you think society tends to idolize those who solve external issues but sometimes overlook those who work on self-improvement and self-awareness and what are the con- consequences of this perspective I don't think I don't think that as humanity we do that. I think it's just the perspective yeah. of social media. I think the only okay. way the only thing I can perceive is somebody's opinion on social media because I'm not having conversations with strangers in that way. So like my perception is that like that's all that they're that's all that they're doing, but in in interpersonal relationships that I have that's not the case at all. Okay. How about you? I don't necessarily think they do. Okay, interesting. Um, do you want to expand on that or is that just like there's not really an expansion on it it's just like you're like it's just not really an applicable conversation yeah I don't think like yeah I I just I don't know I just don't think they do I think I agree I think I what you said about like social media like you think social media is that way Mm -hmm. and that's not the actual state of the world Mm -hmm. it's just interesting because I'm like but isn't social media is the the state state of of the the world? world no it's not and it's like and i think that's the thing i feel i feel so controversial to continue saying this but like i think that is the thing that a lot of like middle class conservative americans are experiencing is that they're not really on social media there's no benefit for them there's no like they're not going to get a gold star for being a progressive you know activist hmm and they're they're not really conservative activists either because they're like, look, I'm just trying to live my life. And so your family or your cousins or your like friends from 13 years ago, like they're just doing their thing. And they're like, you're kind of going off the deep end. But they also you're the one that they're saying that to who is the progressive, most likely if you're listening to this podcast you're the progressive ideologist, but they're probably saying that to their like radicalized conservative family too, Mm. or friends is it's like, I think there's just something about the simplicity of 
actually living in relation with the people that are around you that like the radicalization is happening online and the only people that are going to be at effect to that are the people who are radicalized and i would consider myself one of those at least for a very long time i have been and i'm trying to move myself back into a healthier space so that i can really get a a gauge on where the world actually is rather than where this like glitz and glamour of anarchy is happening online yeah the algorithm the algorithm that 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 is feeding yeah. you like yeah. cuz they're every algorithm is feeding that person no you are feeding the algorithm well yes <laughs> but i'm saying like your everything's getting regurgitated like it's giving you what you want like you, yeah yeah you, yeah oh i see what you're saying you uh -huh. think like it's that, giving you the reward system it has created the rat giving maze. you all the news yeah that you want yes well and the thing is too the way that you interact with that just like you know rat in a maze just like a lot of these different scientific experiments is like you can have a rat three generations down that still knows how to find the cheese <laughs> in the maze you know like it doesn't have to be the one that had experience to that it's it's which built is amazing it's built into the system it's the thing that we really idolize in animals is their ability to like act on instinct and we're building that into ourselves the thing is is that our kids are going to have the instinct to respond to things that are being created and 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 um congratulated rewarded on social media yeah that's going to be what's built into their dna the reward system is changing. Interesting. That's scary. I agree, <laughs> which is why I try to stay off of social media. And like, I would much rather have conversations with people because it's the interesting thing is that like, I tend to err on the, on the side of a little controversial to my progressive counterparts. And the thing is, is that I will see them post on social media, these really like extreme, uh, not extremist that sounds a little derogatory but like they'll post these really um emotionally, emotionally weighted uh-huh yeah yeah there's like a lot of there's a lot of like weight on their belief system big that they're posting feelings. online <laughs> big <laughs> thank you sophia uh <laughs> there's a lot behind it and then i have conversations with them in person and it's incongruous with what they've the at least the emotions that they pervade online and I'm like, hmm. I just, I think that we are creating a dichotomy of personality, even in people who have a very clear linear path to like how they believe, even if they're like diehard progressives in person and online, their online personality will still be different. And I think that we're rewarding that system because just like we saw in the church spaces when we were touring, they're preaching hellfire and brimstone from the stage and backstage you're debating Richard Rohr. Like that's rewarded because they're going to make their money. And granted social media is not necessarily making your money, but kind of it is. Well, it's like, if you want a platform. Status. Yeah. Yeah. If you want the ability to potentially be rewarded monetarily for the things that you believe online, which most people want to have a podcast or want to like create a brand or like an identity where they're there's social incentive to the things that they believe and they, why would you do anything other than be more an more of an extremist version of yourself? That's going to garner the response that you want. Hmm. And I feel like that is driving us like 
I don't really see progressives, progressive people. They're, first of all, I work at a progressive church, and like it's just their willingness to give to a system that they believe in is significantly lower than somebody that's driven by longstanding religious systems. Mm. And also, like, just like we were watching in Sex Education the other day in that show, um, I just, it's still conservative churches that are putting on food pantries. It's still them being mm-hmm. working soup kitchens. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of talk mm-hmm. coming from progressive ideologies and progressive icons and there's just not a lot of boots to the ground Mm. i I like how openly you're talking about all this stuff i feel like it's a fresh side of you that i get to see obviously all the time yeah but yeah i just love hearing you like go about it which is part of why i wanted to like talk about your thoughts and like yeah why I, i did kind of want to ask you like probe you a yeah. little bit because it's just i feel like you're in this new season of like really telling your truth and i'm i am well it's more like i just feel like i have an obligation to hold people's feet to the fire mm. that like i'm just there's a to com- the ground feet to the fire there's just a complacency that's happening right now that like yeah. people are still being rewarded in the same way that they were when ideologies were a little cutting edge in right. 2018 right and now it's 2023 five years later and they're just still like reaping the rewards of kind of being a little edgy back then Mm -hmm. rather than actually like continuing to be progressives yeah you should be progressing if you're progressive right like your actions should progress or i mean your words should progress into actions yes and i just feel like your words are just progressing into different words that kind of mean the same thing Mm. not yours you know what i mean yeah (laughs) okay all right let's discuss the concept of villainization um yeah okay villainization of proactive problem solving in your opinion why do people sometimes perceive proactive individuals as villains or troublemakers because predominantly because of the token term of white saviorism Mm. at least in my experience okay because like in the same way that i can also project onto other people right now you know there's the war that's happening in Israel Mm -hmm. right now between Israel and Palestine. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it's extremely arrogant of people to just say online cease fire. Mm -hmm. Like, huh? You think they would have thought of that at this point. Mm -hmm. Don't kill each other. Obviously that that has been the go-to for hundreds of years that there's been this, this holy war that's been happening in the middle East. And like, clearly that's not working. There's Palestinians that are being, I mean, it's their their ability to live any sort of life is being completely demeaned by a, a, a federal system that's legislating them out of existence. Mm. And yet there's a lot of innocent Jewish people that are living in Israel that are now at effect to terrorism that's being pervaded by Hamas. And so it's like... <sighs> It's, it's not, th- there's no clear cut lines. And like a lot of people really want to be like, they really want to draw a line in the sand and say that, that it's clear and that there's like this, there is an answer. And a lot of them are saying it's the ceasefire, but like that's coming from very Western ideologies. It's coming from like mm. a place of extreme privilege of never, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, never really being oppressed to that point. 
especially for people like me who are and and the people that I'm seeing conversations kind of circula- circulating around is like it's kind of just a lot of white people saying ceasefire because they are too sad when they go on social media mm. and because the reality of it is too sad and it's like I think that that's my that's my version of being like stop trying to be a white savior okay but to kind of go back to your question that's talking about like why is at proactive problem solving why is that not mm-hmm. really um why is that not rewarded in the same way mm-hmm. it's because it's really easy to shoot down a specific like plan mm-hmm. like yeah have you ever been in a situation where somebody's just like offering well we could go here like no i don't want to totally or we could go there yes exactly no, i don't want to it's like okay well if you don't want to go to all these places i've come up with six places like where do you want what to do go? you want yeah yeah to- <laughs> totally totally yeah that's that's the mentality that like i feel like is really prevalent online is like you can't really argue with a negative there's not really anything to say like yes the the police system in the united states is really abusive specifically to marginalized identities specifically hispanic and black communities what are we going to do about it Mm. and it's like you know there's just it's and, and and obviously that's like a that's a very specific one but like a lot of people are like abolish the police and great if that's gonna work let's do that but there's a lot of people that are like well that's not gonna work that's their response is that's not gonna work and i think i think that's one of the more like publicized um actual active problem solving things that have has been out there and and is actually being implemented a little bit better than most but like it's 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 not really like like for what are the odds that you're going to come up with the solution that a bunch of people are going to rally behind rally behind right it's a lot more likely that you're going to come up with the problem that a lot of more people are going to feel the obligation to empathize with uh, yes and also things like posting ceasefire sure who who's going to respond back to that and be like no don't ceasefire Right. Like you're posting something that nobody's really going to like. Yeah. Respond negatively in a, in a way, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. when somebody's like, well, what do you want with like, what do you want? Like, oh, I want world peace. Like nobody's going to be like, oh, I want world terror. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like easy to say the things that like if you, you can like, you, no one would ever see, say the opposite kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you can't really disagree with me, so it's easy for me to say these things. And also, now that social media is out, there's an obligation for you to actually validate the thing that I said. Yeah. So, like, not only is it already like basically a given, now you can you can actually go out and punish other people for not saying anything. <laughs> right. You can go punish people for not posting ceasefire. Which, man, I would love for somebody to come after me for that kind of thing. Well, and that's just like. I wouldn't actually love it, but it would no, be re- hysterical. I'd blast their ass. Yeah. I mean, that feels... So, <laughs> would you like that? <laughs> you want me to blast your ass? <laughs> After the podcast, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. After the cameras are turned off. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, okay. We have I've to have a little integrity. <laughs> 
All right. How can individuals strike a balance between addressing external problems and prioritizing their own growth and well-being? What strategies have you found effective in achieving this balance? Just pick a few. Activate on it. Pick a few what? A few causes that are some of the obviouses. Sure, like, yeah, Black Lives Matter, obviously. LGBTQIA, love is love, obviously. Yeah. Right now, what I do is I exist in a progressive Christian church space where I am in constant pursuit of creating community for people that need that. Though I am an agnostic atheist, I'm in a space for people that are specifically in this case LGBTQIA somewhere in there and still have a moral and really heartfelt obligation to their faith mm-hmm. and they need that in their life and like yeah. for me I don't I don't need that I don't need the messages Josh obviously is like he's a great speaker he's very intellectual he's well researched um but like I I don't need convincing of faith of Christianity. I don't need progressive Christianity, but there are so many people that do that for me, it's a space that I'm committed to being in because there are people who do need that. And I needed that in a season. And like, for me, that's, that's my boots to the ground. That's me being actively involved in creating an environment outside of social media. Most people don't even know I do it. That's, that's me being outside of us, the, social media institution and constantly putting an effort to try to better a space that benefits people that I believe need allies. I definitely feel like I stretched myself way too thin in like 2020. I think most mm-hmm. of so many of us did with all the things I was like passionate about and like yeah. emotionally upset about and invested in whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also Donald Trump was in office and I literally saw you crying tears about the potential of our children yeah yeah it was yeah there was was emotional labor you did just by existing as who you are yeah it was a lot yeah it was it was definitely a lot and i found like that i allow myself to move through you said like pick a few things and like Mm -hmm. that's true but i do think like it's important to stay flexible with that too because you could be passionate about let's say you have three things right and like mm. one of them was like or th- those are your three passions okay mm-hmm. and then let's just say like someone in your family you know ends up getting like this rare like disease or cancer or something like one of those three things may fall to the wayside a bit mm-hmm. because your personal experience and now you're like People need to know about this cancer. People need to know about this disease. Yeah. People need to know that this causes this. And like, and I think it's, impo- it's important to be flexible with yourself when it comes to your passions. And that's what yeah. I had to allow myself to do as well. Yeah. Because they were all adding up rather than mm-hmm. moving through. Because you need to be able to let them go. That's you why have, I say pick a few. You have to, you have to like, yeah, you have to be able to move through them. And, mm-hmm. y- and it's also, this is really important, I think. I think it's it's very valid and uh, and very important for you to choose something that actually you are passionate about and not like your friends are passionate about or the community you're trying to be w- around is passionate mm-hmm. about. Um, 
it, one, you just, you won't tire as easily. Like you're going to stay passionate about it, but also like. You're going to see the ramifications of inaction constantly. Well, we need the world of people who mm-hmm. have niche passions. Yeah. Like that's how we take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and if we're also focused on the same three topics, everything else is like flushed down the toilet. Like we have to, we all each have to care about individual problems in the world. You mm-hmm. know, not that we need to focus on problems, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think that's something we're not encouraged to do in society, say social media, whatever. But I think it's really important for you to, fall down the rabbit hole of your passions of the things that bother you the things that you're impassioned by the things that are um that matter to you on a personal level that's why you are a person like you are literally a personal person you're just unique like that's your purpose is to stay your own person Mm -hmm. um and to just be passionate about the things that matter to you so i think that's why cancel culture is so dangerous is because like it kind of eliminates a lot of the options that you have for the things that you're personally passionate about because of the fear that it may conflict with one of the things that's socially acceptable to be passionate about. Right. Right. Or if you don't have the capacity to be vocal about another problem that's like a current event. Right. And you instead choose to continue to be passionate about something that maybe isn't as socially relevant and sometimes that just triggers the wrong person yeah i mean not to like get too like reality tv about it but that's happened to the kardashians a lot like kim people are literally dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and that was a few seasons back yeah 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 totally but like you know what i mean is that like sometimes it really is sometimes you really do need to give yourself the ability to focus in on something that's just an interpersonal issue and you really need to flush out your ability to call attention to that thing in the social environment and that doesn't always come across well yeah and i think that the fear that you're not telling this again feels like conservative language but like the fear but it's not this is bipartisan language i I need to stop prefacing my own statements yes we do (laughs) but like the fear that you're not towing the party line and that that's going to have negative ramifications for you really does stop some people from actually pursuing some of the problems that they see in the world that mm-hmm. are right around them because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit with the narrative of what's being what's being spoken about on social media. And yeah. maybe this is just me dragging social media for an entire episode, but like a little bit. Social media <laughs> is the only place that 95% of your interactions happen. Yeah. Like I know I'm locked up in a windowless warehouse for 10 hours a day with people that I don't agree with. My interactions aren't happening there. Yeah. Not really. And so I'm trying to put in a lot of effort in other places to be able to move things that I believe in forward, but for a lot of people like they turn to social media for that thing. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Can you give some examples of people or movements that successfully balance self-growth and proactive problem solving? And how did they manage to change the narrative? Mm. Besides curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the first person that comes to my mind is this guy that has interacted with me specifically and our podcast really regularly for a long time. Um, his name is Seth Maxwell and he does the thirst project and he does the legacy youth leadership. And it's like, it's one of those things that like he operates in spaces that are very progressive and he like definitely like comes alongside people who are speaking in places like ours, but like, Mm been on this mission like building out these brands and building out these businesses that really are trying to do something specific in the world like mm. bringing people water or really trying to like empower um youth in their ability to like do something to activate on something in the same way that he kind of is with the with the thirst project stuff so like that's the first person that i can think of that's like an actual like tangible right in front of me that i see on a pretty consistent basis um but I mean, I think the thing is, is that there are a lot of, there are a lot of podcasters, um, mm-hmm. that are actually putting in really, really good work. They're interviewing really interesting people. Um, obviously I Tara Tang doing embodiment than, work. True. I was going to say other than curiosity, Adam, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, but it all revolves around that. Like that's where yeah. my, like, that's where my community exists is in the but, DMS yeah. and in like m- my perception of things. I know you're the one in the DMS, but like those are the people that i know it's like who's popping by who's liking who's commenting and mm-hmm. then like um yeah i mean people people like tara tang like doing embodiment work doing these coaching classes like sophia um mm-hmm. she's just like a powerhouse of building her own brand and identity and she's doing photography she's doing marketing she's doing all these things so all but, our friends basically but well yeah i mean who else would we be friends with exactly um just people who are building themselves who have been consistent in who they are who have been consistent in the things that they're trying to achieve in the world and have added in little pieces of like the things that they see in the world and their growth they're like micro growths and they're just like pulling them into the fold of like who they are and what they're growing into mm. um i like that yeah what advice would you give to to curious cuties mm-hmm. um, who want to lead a more purposeful and growth oriented life while also making a positive impact on the world mm-hmm. without being seen as villains? <laughs> it's a very specific caveat on that. I like it. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> you just made me think of that TikTok. I love this question i think oh my god i don't know that one oh. it shows how much i'm on social media i've literally we literally did that that one we did yeah nice yeah it shows how much i know <laughs> um i think the thing is is like it's not about what anybody really thinks of you online people Mm -hmm. that i'm potentially in my mind casting judgment on and they're like social justice warrioring online maybe they're doing really impactful really important work in the background um and maybe it's just my shallow interpretation of how they exist as a human being because that's my only perspective on them and so like just i guess just don't worry about what people have to say about your online presence because it's not reflective of who you are. Don't worry. Do do the things. Help your community. Like be in good conversations with people. Um and make sure that you're like just always staying curious. 
like I feel like the best thing that you can do is stay curious and be open and like be willing to have conversations with people hear somebody have a conflicting opinion with you and mm-hmm. and your response is curiosity mm-hmm. not anger not like resentment it's not like focus a re- on their functions yeah take that from me don't don't be so like as as i was kind of having a conversation yesterday with sunday right don't be reactive be responsive mm-hmm. don't just like don't just react out of your your gut sit with the things right process that you have your own traumas realize that like the best thing that you can do is hear somebody for their heart and respond back to them in kind with your heart so that you can actually come to real solutions for the problems that are the problems and the like just the realities of the world that are actually around you and you can come together in so many different ways because once you get into human interaction your social clout and the like community that you belong to in some sort of weird political social function don't doesn't matter as long as you're trying to achieve the same goal Mm. and i think that's like the best way that we can move forward Mm -hmm. i think if a person or a group of people makes you uncomfy lean in Mm. Mm -hmm. and that I that happens to me over and over with with uh, I want to say opposite groups but it happens to me all the time um Adam mm-hmm. and I were watching something the other night and I was like oh it'd make me so uncomfortable to be in that room yeah. and you know a year ago I wouldn't have said that and it's like yeah keep leaning into those spaces that make you uncomfy where you're just like I don't know how I would talk I don't know I feel like they'd make fun of me I feel like I would be weird I feel like I would just just be uncomfortable. I feel like that's you just have to lean into it um, as hard as that is. But anyway, uh, about the whole like not being seen as a villain thing, like you can't help how people perceive you. Like that's the one thing like you what somebody thinks about you is none of your business. It's like one of my favorite things to say. It's literally none of your business. Like Mm -hmm. what somebody thinks about you and like who you are, the villain, the hero, the side character in the story like it doesn't that's their brain it's their yeah. perspective it's their own consciousness it's not uh-huh. yours it's not your business yeah and i think that's really helped me i'm like totally it's it's really i don't it it really doesn't matter. i can't because i can't change what they see me as yeah. and if they stick around long enough how they view me may and probably will likely change at some point mm-hmm. um and that's just that's just life like nobody sees you the way you see you mm-hmm. um you can't control that so yeah it's something you just kind of have to like grapple with i think in that same i think in that same vein if your activism comes from trying to match somebody's energy online mm-hmm. if you're trying to match what you're seeing on social media and that is the primary driver for your activism in the world yeah that's where you're gonna fail yeah because because in my own in my own kind of like as i was just saying like they're probably the people I'm seeing online, what they're doing online, they're probably doing something really incredible back home that I don't see at all. Yeah. But if you're, if you think that the work that you're putting in is matching the people online virtue signaling to the, to the people and the belief systems that you see as being like predominant in social media spaces, that's the only time you're going to fail. Yeah. Um, the other thing that 
I started implementing, which is actually way harder than you'd expect, or maybe you wouldn't, you would understand. But every time I have the urge or I feel like this guilt that I should post about something, like whether mm-hmm. it's social justice or whether it's for some sort of social group or whatever the case, if I start feeling like, oh, they're going to wonder, like I should mm-hmm. post about this, whatever, I go and find a GoFundMe mm-hmm. or some way I can donate or like spend my money or energy or sign something like on online, like some sort of um, like mm-hmm. document, some sort of whatever. Um, putting campaign. in my vote yeah campaign um i find something to where i can sign sign my name or donate my money um instead of posting online and it's more actual activism than i've done in the years when i was the social justice warrior <laughs> you know because yeah. i was just posting on social media yeah like i wasn't doing anything i meant it and i felt it with all my soul yeah that's true. Yeah. I felt it so deeply. But now I'm like actively an activist in the things that matter to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I think so. Maybe take that on as a challenge. Is every time you feel like you need to, ought to. Think about like what what is it actually doing for the people or organization or mm-hmm. group of people you're actually posting about or for? Like what does you posting that thing actually do for them? Yeah. Is it assuaging your guilt or is it actually doing something for their is your guilt or also it can just like feel good. Like you're part of a community or something. And that's fine too. But I encourage you to like take a step back and don't, and maybe don't post it and don't align your identity so much with just that one share of the day. And instead find something to sign your name up on campaign or donate your money. And that's actual work. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's Um, such a great thought. That's what I've been doing lately. And I, it's hard because I want the reward, immediate reward, Mm -hmm. but I just donate instead. And I'm like actually doing things. Leave the marketing to the people who are actually like making the thing happen. Exactly. And then I'll reshare things sometimes uh, just like for people to donate, which I've decided that's what I, that's Uh how I like to share things on social media when it comes to like problems of the Mm -hmm. world is I'm not, I'm not going to reshare news articles. That's just not what I do anymore. It's just not helpful. Um, but it, but I will share places you can donate typically every once in a while. So anyway, that's my advice. Um, love that. Okay. Are there any books, podcasts, or resources that have influenced your perspective on these topics that you'd recommend to curious cuties? Uh, yeah, there's, um, for those of you that are like me, um, and looking for like happy men in the podcasting space, there is a conversation podcast platform uh, called Man Talks that's really good. Uh, I feel like they just have a really good that. perspective on like bringing actual like it, there. There's just like there's it gives me the almost thirty vibes, <laughs> where it's like you're actually like moving toward growth and joy um, in a lot of the spaces. Um, in a lot of the other podcasts that I see that are led by men, it's just kind of like they're just kind of sad <laughs> and it's just kind of like either really, really heady, which I enjoy on occasion or it's just like, yeah. Yeah. And okay. so I, I, I really have enjoyed that one. Great. Um, uh, there's one that's moderately controversial, but I feel like they have a pretty, like they have a pretty accepting, um, 
spread of guests like okay. the way the people that they interview mm-hmm. is interesting enough and keeps mm-hmm. it broad enough um that's called modern wisdom okay but the guy it's 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 interesting because the guy that is the host of the podcast used to be like i mean literally like a club promoter out of the uk and he's like <laughs> there's so much about it that should be toxic masculine red flags everywhere which there probably is but i think that i feel like I th- your guests are an example of your functions yes because you, know you actually mean? have intrigue and interest into the people and the I'm, minds of those that you're interviewing. I'm more interested in who, like the type of people somebody brings who on. Who are they listening to? Yes. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. It tells um, you a lot about their brain. That to me, those are two like, um, those are two like pretty uh, middle of the road suggestions for podcasts. One person that's been really, that probably is very conservative for all of you guys that has been very instrumental in pushing me more into um my need to actually um put effort and work into my existence kind of like the it kind of gives me the energy of like nobody owes you anything you have to put in the effort it's going to be very man man but it really is beneficial to me growing up in the kind of household that i did um, and that podcast is the Bedros Koulian podcast. Um, the way that he talks is very, very man, man, buff dude. But it's interesting when you hear him just like drop little, um, little converse, little pieces of a conversation about spirituality. If you can, t- if if you if you can take good from the Bible, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take good. You can take good from anything. Yeah, and so that's another one there. <laughs> so um, that's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, I I feel like that 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 is. I'm, for I'm just trying to have, relate to our listeners, like in that way. I'm like, look, if there's like, if we can find good in like, yeah, that sort of thing, we can find good anywhere. Yeah, well, I think that's the thing is like, there's some things that I'm looking for that are social. There's some things that I'm looking for that are spiritual, and there's yeah. some things that I'm looking for that are just really practical to the way I exist in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And like that guy is one of the people that just he just he just puts a certain gear into and puts a certain whatever puts me into a certain gear that like just i feel an obligation to my own responsibilities in the world um and that that ends up making me look into you know different podcasts to 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 really whether it's to be like you know what this guy is totally wrong his the things that he's saying are really problematic i need to find somebody to to prove the opposite side of the conversation i think sometimes that's important for me and sometimes that's what he provides for me yeah is inspiration to be like no you're wrong um yeah those are and i know those are all be inspired by someone's tenacity someone's sure someone's Someone's functions the way they like ask questions the way they're curious about something the way that i think that's all a big part of like i think i think everyone gets it like we're we're at the point i think with a lot especially our community Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of people if they're honest the podcasts they listen to are quite varied yeah, I hope if so. People, if people are honest, I, I genuinely believe that we would be surprised and then relieved mm-hmm. if we heard the types of podcasts that each of us are listening to. We'd be like, oh, okay, so you're not like you listen to a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of this. Yeah. Oh, like maybe there are other conversations we could actually have with each other mm-hmm. if I knew that you were listening to such and such. Like, yeah, I, ho- I hope people hear my heart. And then also hear the things that I'm listening to and can relate those two things because like I've heard, I've heard from so many people that they, 
that they really enjoy my ability to tap into my emotional side and like yeah um have good conversations uh, from that place mm-hmm. but like i hope that it also is really encouraging to you that i don't only listen to things that sound like me i'm hopefully not just an echo chamber of the content i consume i hope to be more than that mm-hmm. i hope to add complexity to the to the way that i exist in the world um yeah. and so those are three like specifically male oriented podcast hosts that i don't think would really be introduced to you um in this kind of space so hopefully, yeah hopefully that's helpful yeah thank you or you can ignore them thank you for sharing. that's fine <laughs> that's fine too if that's not what you're looking for i'm sorry you can also go listen to all the other ones we've always recommended okay just a couple more questions for you all right okay i feel so honored to be a guest of you you're such a good interviewer oh my gosh stop <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do so happy to do it okay let's dive into your personal strategies okay for maintaining motivation and resilience um when pursuing self-growth and proactive problem solving how do you keep going when facing challenges and criticism so to be like very clear with everybody like i right now on top of this podcast i work three jobs um and so my life is very very full poor adam (laughs) No, but not for me because the thing is, is I would only subject myself to this because it's things that I care about and things that I can see growth opportunity in. And so like that is the way that I keep moving forward is Mm -hmm. like, especially, I mean, even tonight we were literally having a a conversation because I came home from 10 hours of work to, you know, we cooked dinner together and then I came and set up the podcast here and you're a little (laughs) sicky and like, (laughs) I was, um, my mind is very anxious. My body is very full of stress at, at m- in most of my life. Um, but the constant reminder in my mind that like, it will all get done. And I know that that's very practical. It's not very spiritual, but like to be able to sit and meditate on the fact that like, I have always, I've always it, I have always been able to achieve the things that I've set in front of me. I have always gotten it done. It will always, it will get done. The things that you desire, the things that that you value in your life, like you will you will spend the time to make sure that they're achieved and they have always gotten done and it 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 will get done. It's such a like it's like such a meditation for me to ground myself into the reality of like it's okay to be overwhelmed. It's not okay to submit to the overwhelm and let it deteriorate your ability to actually do the things that you want in life. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's like, yes, I'm like, I'm constantly inundated with responsibilities and jobs and goals and like so much stuff. Um, it just breathing mm-hmm. and realizing that I'm here, that I'm present, getting grounded back in the reality that like an hour will always be 60 minutes mm-hmm. and that I always will have time. I can always get it done. Like that's what keeps me kind of moving forward. How do you deal with criticism? Do you get criticism? It depends on in what environment it is. If it's If it's one of my creative outlets, I really have a hard time with it because I'm like, I'm not really trying to do this for you. I'm doing this for <laughs> me. I'm not really interested in your opinion. 
so <laughs> like a hard ass. Okay. Some sometimes in that environment, but I actually am really like you know I was your drummer for no, a long I time. No, I do know. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at receiving constructive criticism. <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I've always been told that I. And no, really yeah, good at taking you, on no, you are. Criticism. No, you are. I'm just kidding. You are. I just. I have. Your sister does t- press my buttons. Yes. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have creative differences. Yes, you do. No, 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 but but we press each other's buttons for different reasons. Yeah. It's mostly because we're so similar, um, and less about the actual c- criticism. Um, but in work environments, like yeah. at work, like it's my favorite thing to receive constructive criticism because it means I'm learning. If I've, if I failed, I haven't failed yet. I've just been informed of my failure before it was time to submit, um, to the failure. And so like in an environment like that, where I'm like, I'm a woodworker, I, everything, everything can be fixed. Everything can be remedied. You can always, there's always a, there's always a solution to the problem. Yeah. And so to, for, for me to be presented with the problem before the deadline, Mm -hmm. Or like if somebody's deadline adjusts because mm-hmm. that they ha- because they have a problem with X, Y, or Z, that's great for me. I'm like amazing. You trust me still. You're not handing it off to somebody else. You trust me still that I have the capacity to actually fix the thing that you see as a problem. Mm-hmm. That's really great for me. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy that because I love I love learning. Like like my spirituality lately. I've been telling you is like in the unknown. Like I'm constantly looking into like quantum quantum theory and particle physics and like all this stuff because i'm like oh i know nothing about this i know absolutely nothing somebody's going to teach me something new i'm going to like say something to you about the things that i've learned and then i'm going to listen to a podcast tomorrow that's going to be like that's going to make me realize how dumb i sounded (laughs) trying to explain something to you and that is spiritual to me yeah to realize that there's so much more out there than i know that's what i say as like i say that i'm i'm um I'm an atheist, but um, but I don't want to be. I'm a reluctant atheist because I just want somebody to prove to me that there's something more to believe in than the things that are quantifiable in front of me. Mm-hmm. And to me, constructive criticism is that, is showing me, it's giving me the ability to see beyond the things that I know right now. Yeah. What about criticism with like yourself? development and your self-growth stuff like for instance the barbie video um i guess i'm thinking about the way you dealt with the criticism yeah. on that video that <laughs> that's was, not even criticism but that was that was funny and that was online that was social media that yeah. was something that was kind of not social justice but it was kind of like yeah but at the same time like i was just batting down bad opinions okay so that's how you do i don't really it, take i don't I take would, it as criticism it's not criticism to me unless i actually value your opinion okay Okay, so like trolls don't matter to you. No. That's not a criticism. No, I will just put them in their place. Got it. So that's how Adam deals with it. Um, well, I and that's fun for me on occasion because like no, I am he not, loves it. I am not cocky, but it's just like if you're just gonna put yourself out there and really show how shallow your belief of who I am or the thing that you're consuming is especially when i'm the one creating the content i just i'll I'll have a i'll have a good time with that oh gosh it was like my my nightmare to respond to trolls (laughs) but adam likes it so i'm like please go for it i do i'm very confident in my ability to communicate my thoughts and ideas 
to people that have bad opinions online. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> but that. But it feels like a cheap shot to me because I'm like, you just are already showing your inadequacy to be able to even engage in this conversation. Oh my gosh. See, he's spicy. He's a spicy one. <laughs> this this <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Guys. Okay. Um, love that. Okay. Last question. Oh, all right. All right. In today's world where social issues and self-improvement are increasingly interconnected, how can individuals and society as a whole benefit from a more holistic approach that values both aspects? Mm. I think by seeing commonality, I think it all comes back to that. Whether that's commonality with somebody who you're trying to protect as a marginalized identity, or if that's commonality with somebody who's been problematic in your life that you've grown past. I think like personal growth is always going to come from gleaning the most amount of information from the people around you and learning who that, who you want to be in the world Mm -hmm. alongside those people. There's people who are going to give you clarity about who you are in ways that you wouldn't have been able to like discern on your own. And that can be from negative or positive reinforcement. And I think just existing and being present is always going to drive you toward growth and also being a strong proponent of the things you believe in. Mm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Well, thanks for chatting with me about <laughs> all this. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Thanks. For I like the surprise questions. Thanks for being here on Curiosity. Yeah. In We're curiosity. just a bunch of curious cuties over here. We are. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. I know I did. Yeah, this is fun. Um, please share, like, rate, review, all the things. Subscribe. Subscribe. Comment. Do all the things. <laughs> Follow at Curiosity Pod and yeah. at Lauren Deliri. And, and also don't even worry subscribe about to our, pa- our Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon because we have exclusive content coming your way, baby. We do. But yeah, don't worry about following Adam. <laughs> don't worry about that. No, I don't um, do anything. Although he did change his handle name to now. It says a damn frost. Like, Which is very controversial for me. He, Adam doesn't even swear, but it's hilarious. And so it's Adam N. Frost, but it looks like <laughs> a damn frost. Um, and it makes me think of Avril Lavigne's. It's a damn cold Oh, no. <laughs> You're going back into breakup songs yeah. every time you see my Instagram? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I'm sorry. But Avril's amazing, so who knows? That's I true. I mean, who cares? Um, anyway, thanks, you guys. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, you guys. You guys. What are you, from the Midwest now? <laughs> For listening. You're a youper now. <laughs> um, we love you guys. Stay curious. Um. Uh, And until next time, bye. Bye.